here at On the Ground. Uh, again, I'm here with fellow pastors uh, Alex and Rylan. Uh, guys, frankly, I'm surprised uh, so far at the lack of violent or negative feedback we've received from these podcasts. Mm-hmm. I think it's because I've kept my contributions to a minimum. Mm-hmm. So Let's we'll hope. just keep doing that. You're such a fiery individual. I, yeah. Okay. So we are uh, going to be discussing kind of a, he- a heavy topic today, but one that is uh, important. Um, we're going to be talking about anxiety. Uh, so as we as as we think about anxiety, it seems like many people today are, are struggling with anxiety these days. Um, what do you think some reasons are for what seems like an anxiety epidemic in our culture? Mm-hmm. Uh, well, I think two things. One relating specifically to our culture, which I'll get to in a second. But the first thing is just anxiety biblically is just part of the human experience. Mm-hmm. It's just one of the most common feelings we all share is anxiety, obviously to varying degrees, depending on, you know, our temperaments and natural dispositions to our circumstances, you know, partly owing to um, the fallenness of our body and our minds. Uh, things can, many factors play into this, but anxiety, we want to begin by saying, it's just a major part of the human experience mm-hmm. and why mm-hmm. the scriptures speak a lot to anxiety. Um, so when we see that anxiety is kind of a big part of our cultural conversation, we just want to say, well, part of that is because we're all human and it's part of the human experience. I do think there are reasons why anxiety might be more prevalent in today's conversation than maybe in past years or decades or perhaps generations. Um, I don't know if it was Charles Taylor himself or if it was Jamie Smith commenting on Charles Taylor, but he says one of the fruit or effects of a culture that has rejected the transcendent, that has rejected a view of God, that has a secular outlook, that essentially it's just me. It's just you and it's just me. Um, the fruit of that worldview will actually be anxiety. Mm. And I found that really helpful. And as we look through what the scriptures say anxiety is and the antidote to it, we'll see that a world that has no place for God, for has no place for the transcendent, that has no place for the loving provision of a father will be an anxious place. Mm. And and creatures will be anxious mm-hmm. without a knowledge of and a, a trust in their creator. Mm-hmm. So, you know, why is, why is anxiety big? Well, we're all human and we all suffer from anxiety to varying degrees. And especially in this time, uh, we, a lot of people reject God and that leads to more and more anxiety. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Do you, you think there's other reasons for that? No, as you were talking, I, I was thinking that I, I wonder if it's not so much that it's an influx of anxiety that we face um, or maybe just an over-focus on it, or, or we're more hyper-aware of it. Uh, yeah. As if, um, you know, you were pointing to the reality that beneath anxiety is, is a disbelief in God, or mm-hmm. it's a denial of God. And uh, that has always existed. That mm-hmm. is from the beginning. Mm-hmm. So anxiety really has, it has been around. And if you, if you read, you'll see that. Um, it, it's not something new. It's just something we, we seem to be more aware of, and we're addressing... Um, which is, has benefits and downsides, and mm-hmm. uh, you know we'll talk about that. But and, and I think 
I, I think part of it is also um, as far as we think about kind of global awareness in times past, um, you know, you were thinking about the issues that, sur that were surrounding your very immediate context, your community, mm -hmm. your family, um, with, the, with the, uh, the rise of technology and the internet and, and social media, we are, bar we are bombarded, depending on how much time you spend around that, with um, issues and struggles, not just in your own sphere, but all around us. Mm -hmm. So now no, no longer are you just worrying about your own struggles, but now you're worried about you know, gun violence in America and, mm -hmm. and, and uh, the war in, mm -hmm. in the Middle East and all of these things. And, and that, I think, is, is an mm -hmm. intolerable burden yes. to bear. And that's what anxiety is. It, it is the burden of care mm -hmm. and where it goes off the rails um, because there is natural, normal anxiety and then there is sinful anxiety. We want to distinguish those things. But where it tends towards uh, sinful is when you take on the burden of playing God. And you just can't do that. Um, maybe it would be helpful to just explain what we mean by anxiety. Yeah, that would be helpful. Because we probably should have done that first. Yeah. You know what? Next time. Yeah, but, that's uh, my fault. Yeah. What we say anxiety, I think a helpful way of describing it is just a burden of concern. This is the most general junk drawer term for what anxiety is. Anxiety is the feeling you have of having a burden uh, stemming from your concerns. And and it can be both a normal and natural response to taking responsibility for mm -hmm. yourself and for others. And we need to distinguish that from, say, unbelief or something that is stemming from sin. Um, or it can be a, a symptom of unbelief. But we just want to say both of those fall under the category of a burden of concern. We see this in Proverbs 12, 25. Anxiety in a man's heart weighs him down, but a good word makes him glad. So you described it, I think you said weighty and burden. And the scriptures use these this language to describe anxiety. It's a weighty burden. Mm. Um, it feels like a weight. You know, my wife said to me a couple days ago, um, because I was feeling quite anxious, although I wasn't articulating as such. And she looked at me, she said, you look like you're carrying the weight of the world. And I thought, oh, because I, I definitely feel like that. Yeah. <laughs> but it's funny how she would describe it in those, those terms, right? Mm. And uh, as we said, partly that's just a natural, inescapable um, consequence of caring. Yeah. And if you don't have a category for that, you're going to go off the rails. And, and the reason I say that is not just my own opinion, but Paul says this. 2 Corinthians eleven twenty eight says, And apart from other things, there is the daily pressure, there it is, the weight, heaviness on me of my anxiety for all the churches. So Paul feels a burden stemming from uh, his concern for all the churches. And this is not something that he is confessing as sin. This is something he is confessing as a reality of him being a pastor, an apostle, a Christian brother who just cares for other people. And we need to recognize that that is not a bad thing, but it's it's how we deal with that. I mean, I think about even a parent. I mean, who as a parent doesn't spend time thinking about how we should raise our children, thinking about the cares and concerns our child faces and 
the ways that we want to um, shepherd and protect and provide for them. Who hasn't thought about, you know, their spouse or their parents or a brother and a sister or a friend and felt kind of that weight of concern? I mean, if you want to get out from that, you just have to not love anyone or care about anyone. Mm. So um, I just wanted at the outset say, you know, when we are talking about anxiety, we mean generally a burden of concern. It can be a natural and normal thing, or it could be a symptom of unbelief. Mm-hmm. Is there anything you guys wanted to add to that? Yeah, I, I, well, I was just, when you said symptom, that's helpful because it, it shows that the anxiety itself is not actually the problem. Right. And, and then what is at the root of the anxiety might or might not be the problem. Um, I mean, we could say in one sense, anxiety is, it's an emotion. It really is. And uh, I'm stealing this from John Bloom, but he he describes, he says, we need to treat our emotions like gauges and not Mm. as guides. Mm -hmm. And the problem of anxiety is when it becomes our guide and it dictates what we'll do and how we'll respond to it. Yeah. That's good. So, so if it's a gauge and anxiety is telling us, well, is it, is my anxiety telling me that I'm unbelieving Yeah. or is it telling me like, I just care about these people? Yeah. Is it because I care about these people? And even, even from my genuine care, Paul's anxiety for the churches, anxiety could still lead him in a way that is bad, yes. he, but um, it's not, the anxiety itself is not bad. Yeah. And that's important to clarify. And one, I just want to commend you for quoting someone from the last 20 years. I think that might be a first. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Welcome back to our level. <laughs> it it yeah. typically makes me anxious how much you know about ancient literature, actually. So I, thank I, you I for really, not triggering that. Guys, I really we, don't. But <laughs> that, was, that was very helpful, yeah. though. And I want to say, too, at the outset, well, we're not really at the outset anymore, but... No, we're almost midway. Yeah, I really struggle with anxiety. So just for people listening who... Um, struggle I really do and I think it's important to recognize that there is a temperamental aspect to this Mm. and I look at even my children who are very different temperamentally one is more like their mother and one is more like me and the one who's more like me temperamentally is way more anxious and when I would say anxious I mean is way more concerned by things outside of herself so even from what's the schedule for the day you know, where am I, uh, like, what's the bedtime routine? What's the plan? Um, and part of, and she's also very concerned with others and cares for others. And I see her having strong, even at, you know, a young age, uh, leadership capabilities. But the kind of the, what comes with that is a greater burden of anxiety. So people are certainly more predisposed to this. There could be chemical issues in the brain that leave you more um, susceptible to anxiety. The, the you know, pathways in the mind that you tend to uh, not respond rightly to the burdens that you feel and experience. Um, so we just want to say that as well. The reason this is important to kind of make things land a little bit If there is a category for anxiety that's part of the normal Christian experience, then we need to not assume that every feeling of anxiety is bad and therefore must be done away with. Mm. And I see a lot of Christians doing this. Mm -hmm. And the danger is if you think all feelings of anxiety or pressure or burdens of concern are bad, you will spend your life trying to remove all burdens of loving other people. Mm. And you will actually view the good, the godly, and the right 
loving response of bearing one another's burdens is a bad thing. And you'll spend your life pursuing comfort, Mm -hmm. pursuing ease, all under the name of, I'm trying to not be anxious. Or I was getting too anxious, so I needed to you know, stop going to church and I needed to not have people over to my house. And I, I just couldn't handle talking to these people and praying with them because it was making me anxious. And well, if you're getting to that place, then you've just isolated yourself from others that you need. You've just said, essentially, I'm not willing to sacrifice and bear the cost of loving other people. Mm-hmm. Um, do you know what I'm trying to say? Yeah. Oh yeah. And, 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 and ironically, um, being with yourself, most of the time actually perpetuates anxiety yeah, you're just because more you're, you're more literally anxious. surrounded by your own voice all yeah. the time and you have no one, you know, intercepting you saying, well, you feel like this, but this mm-hmm. is how things actually are. And, and that's a gift. Community is a gift. And, mm-hmm. and although it, it can be difficult. Mm-hmm. So um, maybe as we think about, we've kind of established that anxiety in itself is not necessarily wrong or right. How do we kind of discern whether anxiety has taken a sinful uh, priority and weight in our life. Mm-hmm. So I, I think the difference between the normal anxiety we all feel, which we need to still respond rightly with in faith, or anxiety that is flowing from unbelief, the difference is if we are seeking to bear the responsibilities that God has given us to love and care for one another, or if we are taking upon ourselves the responsibilities that only God can bear. So again, the difference between, you know, the normal anxieties are that we are simply trying to bear our responsibilities as creatures in the strength that God gives, or in unbelief, and this is where it goes to sinful anxiety, we are no longer viewing ourselves as creatures, but putting ourselves in the place of God and seeking to carry his responsibilities, which is mm-hmm. an impossible mm-hmm. burden to, yeah. to bear and will crush us and, and harm us. And, and we won't actually be able to do what we are trying to do. Mm-hmm. I go to Psalm 127. Unless the Lord builds the house, those who build it labor in vain. Unless the Lord watches over the city, the watchman stays awake in vain. It is in vain that you rise up early and go late to rest, eating Mm -hmm. the bread of anxious toil, for he gives his beloved sleep. So what he doesn't say is, don't build and don't watch. He says, if you do it um, thinking that you are the only one building, that you are the only one watching, then you are doing it in vanity, Hmm. in conceit. You are doing it uh, in futility. Because really, underneath all of our efforts needs to be God working. If you are working in a way that there is no God, it is a vain exercise. If you are watching in a way that there is no God, Mm. it is vain. And it leads to restlessness. And it leads to sleeplessness. Whereas when you watch and when you labor in the strength that God provides, just bearing our responsibilities, not his, you can lay your head down at night. Mm. And that's where I struggle. Like, I really struggle with that. I struggle to differentiate what are my responsibilities and what are God's responsibilities. And I spend a lot of my life in that anxious toiling, um, trying to do things that I can't, taking on responsibilities that are mine, or working and laboring and watching in a way that's relying on my own strength. Mm-hmm. And that's a terribly anxious existence. Yeah. 
And I, I think the practical application for that is given to us in Philippians 4. And, and a lot of people maybe read this the wrong way when, when Paul says, do not be anxious about anything. Um, it's, easy, it's easy to hear that and immediate, immediately attribute to anxiety something as, as totally bad, which we've kind of dismissed already. It's not totally bad. But his response is, is how we actually view everything as if it is God who is the one working and not just us. And what he says is, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. Prayer is actually, it is the right response to anxiety. It is to, to determine whether or not we are responding properly to a, whether it's good anxiety or bad anxiety. Mm-hmm. Is Are we taking that anxiety to the Lord? Yeah. Um, the Lord does want us to have peace. It doesn't mean that we won't experience um, the burden. And it doesn't mean, you know, even especially as we consider... Um, people who do have not just a temperament, but perhaps a, a physical condition that, that that causes them to experience greater anxiety than others. It's the question is whether or not that anxiety is going to um, continue to pose a threat to the state of our faith and our soul. And the answer to that is, um, well, wh- how do I respond when anxiety comes? Where mm-hmm. do I go? And the immediate response should be, I go to the Lord in prayer. Mm-hmm. He is, you know, he is my rock of refuge, a, pre- a very present help in times of trouble. I think that's yeah. from Psalm 46. Jesus himself, you know, builds on this in Matthew 6, 25 to 34. I tell you, do not be anxious about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on. And then he explains how um, the f- heavenly father feeds the birds and the heavenly father um you know, clothes the lilies in the field. He makes them beautiful. And so we should trust him. Do we need to work for our food? Yeah. Do we need to work for our clothes? Yes. But in a way that recognizes God in all of those things. So this is going back to the even the good anxiety. It is good that I think about how to love my children. That is my burden to bear. Mm-hmm. But that is not only my burden to bear. And if I try to raise and love my children or pastor our church or be a good friend or be a good husband, apart from the grace of God, apart from the strength and the provision of God, even the good things will become anxious toil. Mm-hmm. Um, and how much more so if we take on a burden that is actually not ours, mm-hmm. that we that we can't carry. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. There's also, uh, and, and you mentioned this uh a few years ago talking about the importance of knowing one's spheres of responsibility mm-hmm. and the the burden of trying to go outside of of these spheres yeah. and and try to kind of help everybody yeah. at once um, that goes along with kind of acknowledging one's creatureliness and fallibility but you know there's people who spend time on Facebook and they're on this group and this group mm-hmm. and uh, you know twittering about this and this and 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 trying not very effectively, I might add, to kind of fix all of the problems in the world. And, yeah. and, and uh, often their immediate realm of responsibility, uh, a friend, a family, uh, a church member, lies neglected, right? Yes, yes. And I mean, anxiety and depression are very closely linked. And I, one of the biggest factors in um, depression is like a lack of routine and a lack of structure and you can see the connection with anxiety too that if you are not living in a way that is confident from the scripture um, what your responsibilities and the different areas of your life are 
And if you wake up every day, kind of, it's a limitless possibility of anything I can do. You will live in the paralysis of anxiety. And that's the, I I just, that's a confession. You know, these Mm -hmm. are things I've been realizing myself and it takes humility to say, what are my limits? Mm -hmm. What are my responsibilities? And to give myself to them and, and avoid the temptation to, um, be working from a place of anxious toil to say, well, I must take that and I must do this and I must help them and I must, mm-hmm. you know, and neglecting the very things you ought to be doing. Yeah. Just perpetuating a cycle of anxiety. Yeah. Yeah, that's helpful. Do you have anything? No, not, no. To, not to that particular comment. Um, now, this is kind of a big can of worms, but I, 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 I just, it's dangerous to talk about this in five minutes, but can we talk about medication for a little bit? Yeah. Um, because I know this is just a point where a lot of people are confused and don't yeah. know how to respond. There's been some un- unhelpful polarization in the debate where, you know, medications are all bad and mm-hmm. it's purely a, spirit, a spiritual issue. Um, or the other hand, where you view these things purely biologically and, uh, you know, the spiritual doesn't really come into it. Is, is there a, a kind of middle ground or mm-hmm. are there any thoughts about that? Yeah, I think there's a couple of things we can say just very clearly. Yeah. One, the Christian and the human being is made up uh, of body and spirit. Mm-hmm. So we want to say that we need to address people as, as creatures in God's image in a holistic way. Yes. And the way that the spirit and the body interact is somewhat of a mystery. I don't know if I wrote down these scriptures for here, but David talks in the Psalms about the effect of his, um, what we might call depression, on his body and his bones wasting away and his physical appearance changing owing to his fear and anxiety and depression. Um, And certainly the effects of our body deficiencies in our body, you know, lack of exercise, a lack of sleep, uh, a lack of healthy nutrition playing a role in our emotional or mental state and and all these things have a impact one another and so we we want to say right off the hop that we need to have a holistic view of human beings yes that avoids um reducing everything to a spiritual issue or reducing everything to a physical issue Mm -hmm. that's just not Mm -hmm. helpful yeah Mm -hmm. so what we can say regarding anxiety and medication um is that we should do everything that we can do. Mm-hmm. So if you look at your life from a physical perspective and you have no routine and structure, you eat terribly and you don't get enough sleep and you never exercise, um, those are four things right now that you can try and remedy. Well, no, that, I'm going to take those well, four that, things from here. I was yeah. looking at you, right? No, yeah. I'm the one who eats Doritos all the time. Yeah, yeah. And, and I think... We need to deal with those things first. And I speak to myself. One caution I have today, not at all um, saying that there's no place for medication. That's obviously outside of my realm of expertise. But if you are not doing the first things first. The basic things. And and I fear that, and I've heard many Christian counselors talk about this, and doctors as well, Christian doctors. Yeah. That we live in kind of a prescription-based society yes. that's just like, here, take this pill, yeah, it will fix it'll make your everything problems. better. But, yeah. but we are far more complicated mm-hmm. than some than some chemistry in our brain. Yeah. Not that there's never a place for that, and that won't help, but we there's more to it than that. Mm-hmm. So I would say, you know, 
um, look at your routine, you know, be clear from scripture. What are my responsibilities today? And just submit to those and live as a human. And those uh, exercise, diet, nutrition, moving to the spiritual end of things. We know that um, anxiety can become a paralyzing thing. And there could be spiritual issues, namely, First uh, Peter says that we need to humble ourselves under the mighty hand of mm -hmm. God, so that at the proper time He may exalt you, right. casting all your anxieties on Him, because He cares for you. Mm -hmm. And there's a, there's some amazing things here. One, He connects um, casting our anxieties in humility. He connects those things. Mm -hmm. And that's what we're saying about anxiety. Anxiety can come from a place of putting ourselves in the position of God, which is the nature of pride and conceit. And the way out of it is by putting ourselves in the position of creature to say, I am not God, that you are God. I need to humble myself, mm. live within my limits, not take on responsibilities that only God can carry, you know, let him be God. That's mm -hmm. humbling mm -hmm. yourselves casting your anxieties on him, Philippians, coming to him in prayer. Mm -hmm. This is what I'm anxious mm -hmm. about. This is what is killing me. This is the burden I cannot carry. That is an act of humility. That is putting on God what you cannot mm -hmm. bear. And look, at he roots all of this. Why do we do this? Because he cares for you. Mm -hmm. That ultimately the antidote to anxiety is the love of our heavenly father. Yeah, amen. And this is why Jesus in Matthew 6, he doesn't just say there is a creator who is in control he says consider our heavenly father mm -hmm. he clothes the lilies he feeds the birds how much more does he care about you and how much mm. more will he provide for and care for you and 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 i say this for myself too that when we're in the clutches of anxiety what we need even if we need other things we definitely need reassurance of the the loving care of the heavenly father mm -hmm. And we only come to experience that through Jesus. Mm -hmm. And so um, there may be other things at, to be at work, for sure. There may be really difficult circumstances in our life. Our temperament may be predisposed that, you know, we may have chemical issues that we need the assistance of medication. But what we always need is awareness and an assurance of the love of God. Mm -hmm. And we need to come to him and say, you are my father. You care for me. You can carry this burden I cannot carry. Right. Sorry, Brian. Well, I, I just want to add th uh, three, hopefully, quick things to that. Yeah. In light of that, it should always be based out of the, the love of God and his care for us. Um, Ed Welch gives, he has a book called Blame It on the Brain, where he deals with this a little more in depth. But Ed Welch encourages, basically, you should wait to, to go to the, to the physical remedy um, as long as you can. And his reason for that is is because it, the the internal um, faith issue, soul issue, is much more important than the, than the, uh, the physical outward issue. Um, and so dealing with that first is important. And I think the second thing is to not um, make too much of a dichotomy between those two. Yeah. That, uh, that even if uh, we have to recognize God is sovereign and God has allowed us to invent and create modern medicine that helps us with these things. And that is one of the ways that he graciously provides for us. Mm -hmm. and, and that means that we, we don't even we don't result to modern medicine apart from faith. Mm -hmm. I recognize that like God is rules the universe. And when I take this medicine, I'm taking it in the faith that God has graciously provided it to be mm -hmm. helpful to me. Yeah. And to not do that is is just as sinful as to um, 
um, ignore those things. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a problem. It's, it's not unspiritual to exercise and eat and sleep exactly. and take appropriate medication. Mm -hmm. Drink yeah. water. If done, yeah. if done in faith. Mm -hmm. You know, you can drink water and eat vegetables and run. And I think the problem yeah. for some people struggling with anxiety is because of the, the nature of how I think the discussion about anxiety has been raised in the past, it kind of feels like they're failing or copping right. out when they, you know, oh man, well, I just, I don't have faith. I have yeah. to resol uh, resolve to medication. Right. But seeing that under the sphere of the means, perhaps, that, that you know, that God has used, yeah. um, keeping in mind that it's not the first and I think that's an unfortunate symptom of our culture where we've made it so accessible, um, where you take a few interviews that a doctor is and, you know, or one. based on your, or one, based on your responses, you're prescribed a medication that could potentially have very serious side yeah. effects. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, so I think that's, that's a really helpful thought mm -hmm. in, as far as taking medication may not necessarily be, and it sh nothing should be outside of the realm of mm -hmm. living in faith to mm -hmm. God. Yeah. Um, can I bring us back to First Peter? Just I know we're running out of time here, no, but okay. I, I think this is really helpful. That not only is he saying humble yourselves, cast your anxieties, God cares for you, but there's a promise in there. Mm -hmm. He says that at the proper time He may exalt you. And in yeah. verse ten, uh, this is First Peter five, verse ten. He says, after you suffered a little while, the God of all grace, who has called you to His eternal glory in Christ, will Himself restore, yes. confirm, strengthen, and establish you. To him yeah. be dominion forever and ever. Like God is going to reign forever. And Ezekiel says he's made a covenant of everlasting peace with us. Mm. And and as much as we will have anxieties in this life, the reason that we come to him, we bring them to him, is because he's the only one who is able to truly take them away mm -hmm. forever. Mm -hmm. It's why we come back to the faith issue and the love of God first and foremost. Mm -hmm. And even when we deal with the physical things, all of that is done with the confidence that the physical will pass away mm -hmm. um, and God will God will restore and strengthen and renew the physical. And we will have mm -hmm. bodies that will not face these things. And, mm -hmm. and that's why it's so important that we put our confidence in God who loves us, mm -hmm. who's made those promises to us. Right. Yeah. No, I think that's some, some helpful discussion, guys. Just before we sign off, uh, there's a great book by Andy Farmer called Real Peace. And he kind of addresses the, the subject of, um, you know, our peace with God through Christ is 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 the foundation. Before we start pursuing, you know, inner peace and, and, and anything else, and it seems like often even as Christians we pursue other methods and things before we actually consider who we are in Christ. And mm -hmm. and he kind of makes his thesis is that that is the very foundation for peace, and you and you can't mm -hmm. really move beyond. Mm -hmm. You can build on that, but you can't put the cart before the horse. So that's a great book. It's not long. Uh, I think we actually have it in the library. Um, so check that out. We hope you've enjoyed this episode uh, on the ground. And we hope to see you next week. Thank you.